Brittany Michaelchuk here, high performance coach for entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Vitamin B Show, where we dive into the world of top performers, dig out their secrets, and teach you how to control your mind, optimize your performance, and get better results in every area of your life. I hope you're ready to live big, be bold, and build a beautiful, brilliant, badass life. It's time for your daily dose of Vitamin B. Today, I interviewed a friend of mine, Mark Sisson, health researcher and fitness expert. He is the author of The Primal Blueprint, one of my favorite books, a groundbreaking book that paved the way for the evolution-based health movement over a decade ago. His blog, MarksDailyApple.com, is one of the most well-trafficked health and wellness sites in the world. And his recent book, The Keto Reset Diet, is a New York Times bestseller. Mark is the founder and CEO of one of the country's fastest growing food companies, Primal Kitchen, which if you're a health nut like me, you've probably bought several of their products before. Also, he's the founder of the Primal Health Coach Institute, a wellness coaching certification program. With no further ado, please welcome Mark Sisson. So why don't you tell people a little more about what you do, who you are, and what you stand for? Sure. Uh, so I'm a ex-endurance athlete who tried to uh, achieve uh, wellness and fitness, and uh, I've been chasing uh, performance my whole life, trying to do all the right things, uh, which in the days that I started as a teenager meant putting in lots of miles training, eating a very uh, complex carbohydrate-based uh, diet, uh, and, um, and it worked for a while. I wound up being um, one of the top runners in the country uh, in the late 70s uh, and early 80s, and then became a triathlete. But I, uh, as much as I was performing well, I was falling apart on the inside. I, I, was, I was fit, and my performance was good, but my health was, was deteriorating as a result of the choices that I made. Uh, and so I just, I had to quit training, and I had this, I couldn't train at that high level anymore. I was injured all the time. I had arthritis, and, and uh, I had tendonitis throughout my body. I had irritable bowel syndrome. I got sick a lot. I was a wreck. Right, so um, when I when I stopped training, I rededicated my life to figuring out ways to be strong and fit, but also be healthy. And that's really what uh, prompted me to embark on this 35-year crusade, if you will, of researching ways in which the body responds to foods and to exercise and sleep and sun exposure and play, uh, and to kind of find these hidden genetic switches that we all have that can rebuild us, renew us, regenerate us, recreate us on a minute-by-minute minute basis, no matter what age we are, based on these, on these choices that we made. I started compiling a bunch of research, um, which led to my first book back in the early 80s. That was more really based on training. But over the years, I started to focus more on, on how the diet part of it was so important. Yes, and starting around um, the early 2000s, I, I had come across this way of eating uh, that is now known as the paleo diet, mm -hmm. uh, but it was, it was uh, an ancestral mode of eating, which basically mimicked what our ancestors ate, um, got rid of you know the industrial seed oils, got rid of sugars, processed yeah. grains, and basically came down to real food. And that became the basis for um, a life way that I call the primal blueprint, and also the title of my first book. I love it. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I started blogging in 2006 about uh, all, all the research that I've been doing and all these yeah. great, exciting new discoveries that I've made about how we can access this sort of uh, healthy body without having to struggle yes. and sacrifice and suffer so much. And um, the, the, um, the blog took off um, quickly, and it became the most well-trafficked blog in the ancestral health world. For a number of years. I followed that up with this book, The Primal Blueprint. And before you know it, I had all these different um, business opportunities that arose as a result of my choosing this one path and really focusing on what I knew best and what I was really good at and what I was passionate about and what gave me purpose. Uh, and, and I guess if, you know, I know that your show is about sort of more of a business success bent than, than necessarily a health show. Uh, clearly they're, you know, they're related, but so related. Yeah. But 
so in my case, um, you know, I just saw that there were so many opportunities to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, in the in the coaching world, we tend to get so caught up in a little bit of this, you know, namby, almost namby-pamby, like, how can I be of service, right? Yeah. I mean, that gets used a lot. And I don't, I like it, I put a little bit of a spin on it, and it's, mine is, like, how can I serve? How can I serve a product? How can I serve a service to the public that will uh, resonate with the public and will not only generate a business and an income, yeah. but also um, allow people to invest in themselves and become yes. fully invested in their health and their success. So with that in mind, I started publishing books. I published 10 of my own books and 20 mm -hmm. other authors. So I have a publishing company. Um, a few years ago, I started a coaching business. And so I have I this Primal that. Health Coach. Yeah, I have this Primal Health Coach Institute where we, it's, it's an online learning um, uh, experience where people basically learn about what I know so that they can impart that wisdom to their clients. And then last and certainly not least, about mm -hmm. four years ago, I started a food company because I found myself writing so much about, yeah. about how important diet was and how important clean food, good food, yes. real food is. And I, I, I wasn't finding any sort of exciting sauces and dressings mm -hmm. and poppings. You know, everything in the store was made with crappy oils or had added sugars or high fructose corn syrup or artificial sweeteners, whatever. And so that became the impetus for my starting a company called Primal Kitchen. And we're now one of the fastest growing food companies in the country. And that's, that's you know, so that's like takes most of my time these days. So I'll stop there, Brittany, and I'll let you... I'll let you ask some questions. I didn't want to take over your show here. No, you, I love you it. Asked me to, you asked me to talk about myself. Yes, Don't get me thank started. you. Thank you. No, I love it. I love how you have been able to create so much. And I believe that the focal point of all the things that you've been able to manifest and bring a concept into a lucrative business idea has really boiled down to how disciplined, hardworking, and motivated you are. And that's so apparent in who you are and all of your businesses and the one thing that I really 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 love about yourself and your brand is you have this amazing balance between business and health and I find there's so many health professions that um, health professionals that they're they're so passionate about health but they don't know how to monetize it and there's so many people that are great at business and you've really been able to merge the best of both worlds so what has been your secret especially somebody that's in the health world to be able to to monetize it and make it into a lucrative business. You know, that's it's so interesting because when we talk about you, you, you really hit the nail on the head. That I won't say there's only two types of people in the world, but but you just alluded to the fact that there are a lot of people who just know how to make money, and mm -hmm. everything they do turns to gold, and they know how to make money, and then they don't know anything about health, and they yeah. become sick, and then they they sort of mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll give you all the money if you make me well again, right? And then there's yes. people who just they know how to handle their health. They're intuitive about making the right mm -hmm. health decisions. And then they just, they don't do that well at monetizing yeah. it. They don't do well at, that well at making money. So in my case, I mean, I've always been an entrepreneur. So I'm more like, I'm an entrepreneur who became an athlete and interested in fitness mm -hmm. versus an, an athlete. I didn't start as an athlete and then be, be, became an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. So as a, I've always had this entrepreneurial drive. I mean, I tell my kids, that um, I've been working at least 40 hours a week since I was 12. You know, so <laughs> yes, me too. I mean, it's true. Six. Yeah, because I mowed, I mowed lawns, you know, every day in the summer, 40 hours a week. I shoveled snow on vacations mm -hmm. in Maine. Yes. Um, and I know that you know from snow. Up <laughs> in um, Canada. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I always had something going on. I always was, um, you know, I had, I carved toy animals it, it, when I was like 12 or 13 years old. I... Um, I started painting houses when I was 14. Oh, I love that. I painted rocks and sold them door to door. <laughs> Entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. Yeah. So anyway, so that's always been there for me. So for me, it was the, the combining of two sort of passions, a passion for being healthy and, um, and chasing human performance and, and with a caveat that I wanted it to be as painless as possible. Yes. Like I spent most of my my athletic career uh, when I was racing as a marathoner and a triathlete, and that is not fun. That's just about managing pain all day long, right? I love that managing pain. Yeah, well, I, I that's what it was, and 
and there's a lot to be said for it because a lot of people will choose to run a 10K or run a marathon or run an Ironman and just, you know, as a life, as a bucket list item, right? Mm-hmm. As, a, as something to carve a, a notch on their belt. But as a profession, it was really kind of devastating because you had to, you know, it's just a lot of work all the time. It's managing pain all the time. And there's not a lot of, of reward other than today there's some financial reward. So I shifted my thinking around a bunch of years ago and I said, I just, you know, I want to, I want my movement patterns to be fun. So, yeah. for instance, now I play ultimate frisbee with twenty somethings uh, on a regular basis, or I go stand up paddling. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I'm out playing with whales and dolphins awesome. and seals when I'm in Malibu, and then when I'm in Florida, I'm playing with uh, rays, bat rays, and um, manatees. So it's yes. fantastic. Well, that's and, a- go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's the one thing I love about you is you've learned how to manage pain your entire life. And that's such an important thing for entrepreneurs and everybody in life is we go through these battles and we experience pain and we experience challenges. And one of the things that I believe has been a secret to your success is you've just learned how to manage pain. You don't allow pain to get you off track, to discourage you, to stop you. You don't allow fear to stop you in your tracks and you just push forward and I think that managing pain component is so important so how exactly do you do it like what is your mindset what is your thought process to be able to manage that and still bust through that and get to that next level you know so now when you put it that way I'm going to backtrack a little bit and say um, let's talk about managing discomfort because ah, the pain, I like you that. know the, the pain part is sort of a, a it's a it's a device that we can all sort of invi- visualize, but it's really managing discomfort. When you're running, mm-hmm. you know you're you, you can do it, and you're not you know you're not getting the shooting pain of a of an injury necessarily, but the discomfort is always there. And so then it becomes how do you deal with discomfort? Uh, and that's the biggest issue that people have in business yes. is when things become uncomfortable, they back off or they yeah. run away or they hide. Or they complain, and and it's so. I think the training that I had as a marathoner certainly helped me in managing the discomfort of business, right? And mm-hmm. and you ask, so how do I do that? How you do it, and it's it's the same device, mm-hmm. one step at a time. Yes. You know, you it's there's no magic to it. There's no great process that you can do. Mm-hmm. It's literally just recognizing that um, that this too shall pass. Mm, um, and one of the things I like to, to refer to is in any in any sort of business situation where it's uncomfortable, uh, is what's the worst that can happen? Yes. Right? So if you're making a sales call, for instance, um, you're trying to get a new client, what's the worst that can happen? They can say no. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Next, right? Um, you know the so, but some people consider that uncomfortable. They consider that managing pain. They consider that. You know, this sort of like, oh, I, I can't handle the rejection. Um, yes. You know, you're an actress, among many other things, Brittany. And, you know, <laughs> you know that that managing that sort of discomfort is yes. essential. You have to be able to handle rejection. Yeah. And do it without taking it personally. So that's another major element of this is don't take the rejection mm-hmm. or even the discomfort. Don't take it personally. You know, so- this is not. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, how do you not take it personally? Like, I feel like fear, especially after coaching hundreds of people and getting inside their minds, one of the biggest things that holds them back is this fear of what people think of you. And I just see you exude this confidence in yourself and your goals that you're not allowing the fear of what other people think of you to hold you back. And you're just very ambitiously moving forward and you have this momentum. So how do you do it? Like, how do you not allow the fear of what other people think of you to hold you back? That's a tough one. And that that is a lifelong skill. So in my case, you know, I had those I had those issues for a lot of my mm-hmm. life. I I you know, if I got on stage, uh, it was like, oh, my God, what are they thinking? You know, everybody's looking at me. What are they thinking about me? Mm-hmm. Um, if I was uh, you know, making a presentation in a business setting, um, you know, I'd be distracted by by those same sorts of thoughts. That, but the more you do it, and the more you put put yourself out there, the easier it becomes. Um, you know, one of the greatest training devices that I ever encountered was a program called the Groundlings. 
Do you know what the groundling is? I hate so it. Okay, so you have a um, a version of it in Canada called uh, uh, is I think it's called SCTV, maybe Second City TV or something like that. But anyway, the Groundlings is a, is an improv acting class. Okay. So you go to these acting classes and you learn improvisation, mm-hmm. and improvisation as an actor is is critical because you cannot take the time to self edit. You just have to yes. be who you are in the moment, and 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 more than anything. Trust in what you know, and and so know your you know know your boundaries and your limitations, and then trust in who you are. Yeah. And then be willing to go with it, and be willing to literally put it all out there without any again without any real self editing. Obviously, you gotta you don't want to <laughs> you know go off on a on a on a swearing rant or something like yeah. that. But to be able to to put yourself in a situation where again you say uh, what's the worst that can happen yeah. is I can make a fool of myself. Okay, who does that hurt? Doesn't hurt the other person, and and if you're willing to cast it aside and just say, you know what, that was a learning experience. Yes. It doesn't hurt me. It was a learning experience. So um, over time, I've just sort of developed. I, I don't want to say sort of a, a a blase attitude about it, but I'm like, you know, I I do stuff live on stage and I do presentations now, and and I used to prepare for them. And now I don't prepare for talks because it's like I know what I know yes. and I'm confident enough in my uh, surroundings uh, that, I'm, that I'm willing to just go with what comes to the top of my mind and top of my head at the time. I love that. And, and as a coach, that's like one of the more critical skills is the ability to listen yeah. and not have a preconceived answer. But listen and and you know listen with intent, with the intention of um, guiding your client, for instance, in the direction of the answer that your we that we know your client already knows, just as unwilling to see. I absolutely love that. There were so many amazing things that I took away. Most importantly, what really resided with me is you were talking about being who you were and trusting yourself and being able to be confident by listening with intent. And I just, I love that. So how do you learn how to trust yourself? There's so many people that have such a hard time being comfortable by themselves and trusting their decision-making, trusting their their thoughts and being able to just be themselves. How does somebody cultivate that way of thinking? So that's a big hurdle for people. That might be the yeah. biggest hurdle that people have. And I follow I you agree. on Instagram and I know that that is one of your favorite topics, right? Is, is being yourself and putting yes. it out there. Um, and it's really, really difficult. And, and one of the ways to do it, ironically, mm-hmm. is to have a coach. So I'm a that. big fan of people having coaches. I'm a big yes. fan of coaches having coaches. Yes, I love it. You know? Yeah. And what is your coaching program about? It's veered in the health space. Tell me a little bit more about your coaching institution. Sure. So um, having Describe this life way that is now, um, you know, millions of people have been affected by. We have, you know, hundreds of thousands of user experiences where people have lost wow. 50 or 105 pounds wow. and gotten off their medications and cured their type 2 diabetes and got rid of their polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so we know that this, this way of living, this strategy works. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit contrary to what conventional wisdom would suggest. So uh, in order to, to be able to coach people who need assistance in losing weight or getting better, um, it's, it's important that the coach understand the science behind what's going on. So the Primal Health Coach Institute, we have a, we have a, healthy, a health coaching certification program, and it's 15 modules. Um, it's, about a, it's a very robust course. It's about 150,000 words of text online. Wow. Uh, every module has a test at the end of it, an exam that you have to pass to, in order to move on to the next one. And it really goes deeply into the science of how the body burns fat, how energy is created, um, you know, how hunger and appetite and cravings can be controlled by eat, eating certain ways. Yeah. And all of this, all of the science is very, um, as far as I'm concerned, very clear cut now. Yes. But it's important for coaches to understand the science. Mm-hmm. Then we have several modules on how to 
how to coach on you know their, their video modules mm-hmm. on working one on one with clients and um, how to enroll clients, how to how to turn objections into coachable moments, I things like that. that. And then we also have a business building uh, modules. We have several business building modules and resources because we want people who want to be health coaches mm-hmm. to, cr- to create a real business. You know, to I make a that. not just a living, but make a good living doing this. And so, how did you create your business? Like, what would be the number one personality trait or the number one skill or tool that you've used to be able to build this empire and to be able to build something that has been able to impact millions of people's lives? So, I think the number one skill Mm -hmm. that a CEO can have Mm -hmm. is the ability to recognize talent. Wow, okay. Um, because this doesn't happen with one person. This happens with a team. And yes. Any successful, I mean, you can you can be a one person, a one man show, or one woman show, and you know make a decent living. But if you really, you're asking me how I built you know an empire. Um, I didn't build it. My team built it. But I spent a lot of time identifying talent and identifying people that would that would work together and and not just in terms of their skill sets. More importantly, in terms of their attitude. Mm-hmm. So we have at Primal Nutrition, which is the which is the overarching name of my company, we have a strict no assholes policy, right? Yeah. So that's it's literally it's it's literally a, a placard that's in the, in the office. I so love we want to hire we want to hire on the strength of attitude. Okay. Um, we like people to be already familiar with the lifestyle because it's it's a unique enough lifestyle that we want we want to have people who have bought into the lifestyle and aren't fighting it uh, because they're leading an otherwise, say, unhealthy life, right? Yeah. Uh, so attitude, lifestyle, and like third on the list is skill sets because we feel like we can always train people to do certain things, um, certainly at the, uh, at the entry levels. When we get to the getting into um, CFOs, COOs, CEOs, and things like that, then it becomes a little bit more uh, obviously dependent on their skill sets. Yeah. But it still is so critically important and I made some bad hires. I mean, I'm I think one of the more important things is to recognize when you've made a bad hire and cut it off as soon I as love possible. that. That's so important because um, I'm, my demographics all entrepreneurs, medium to large size business CEOs. And one of the biggest things that I find that is their uh, area of strength or their area of challenge is leadership and being able to build these teams. And so many people want to scale. There's this trendy concept right now about scaling and everyone wants to scale, scale, scale. And one of the biggest things that I believe that these entrepreneurs need to master is leadership and with leadership it's learning how to build a team so how would you describe your strengths in being able to build a team like what should people do if they're looking to go from maybe 10 employees to 50 employees or or what's what's that process look like with you well so it's interesting because when you talk about scale because that is the buzzword now you know you find the you find the uh, the equation, you find the algorithm, and then you scale it. Yes. But it but people are people, and it and everybody's different and unique. So you can't scale people. You mm-hmm. have to hire people, you know, one personality at a time. Yeah. You have to understand the dynamics of how the people that you hire for the sales team work together versus the people you hire for the marketing or the people you hire for production or people you hire for finance. They all sort of have to you know, work together as a team in those departments. Um, so the skill is, is, is it's, it's really more of an art than anything else. Yes. And I, I suspect it's, it comes back to the, the work you've done on yourself as an individual wow. more than business school. You know, you can learn spreadsheets and a bunch of, you know, great, um, again, a sort of dynamic marketing and things like that. In mm-hmm. business school, but when it, but there's not that much um, that goes into how do you uh, how do you understand people? How do you communicate with yes. people? How do you listen to people? How do you how do you you know adjust your own filters so that you don't mm-hmm. turn off or turn away people just because you've got this assumption about them? Yeah. And so that's it's really interesting because we you know so much of of what happens in business 
because it's a result of how you choose employees and how you build teams, comes back yeah. to um, your putting it out there. You're yes. being yourself. You're asking questions and you're listening intently, and then you're res- you're responding, you know, rather than reacting to to whatever happens. It's um, so so that's and again, Brittany, this is where coaches are so critical yes. in business. Yes, I thousand percent agree with you and I hope people get so many takeaways from this podcast and one of the biggest things that really has resided with me along with so many different things is in order to be a great leader you must work on yourself you must do the inner work because I just I have had the pleasure of being able to connect with some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world and the underlining theme in all of them is that they really walk the walk you cannot build a multi-million dollar empire by being a shitty person in this day and age it happened in the past and people were able to build massive businesses but now there's such an element of transparency due to social media due to the better business bureau on online reviews um, and it's just it's so challenging to get away with not being that person of integrity and honesty and doing the hard work yourself and so I absolutely love that that really resided with me is if you want to be a great leader you must be able to set an example because people are looking up to you to lead them and if they see you slacking off or not being disciplined or not working hard being dishonest, living out of integrity, I believe that you're not going to be able to build a strong team because people will not respect you. And to be able to respect yourself and live confidently also sets the tone. And so I just absolutely love your businesses. You know, I'm your biggest fan and I just love the company culture that you've been able to create. So what do you think would be the one, two or three different foundational ideas or mission or um, kind of business statements that you have done? done to be able to create this wildly contagiously positive energy within your company cultures well so I started uh, when I started my blog in 2006 um, the mission statement was quite clear I wanted to help 10 million people regain their health by understanding how the body works uh, and how the choices they make in their lives lifestyle uh, food exercise whatever could impact their health and 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 again gain regain them access to good health so that was um, the, the original statement was 10 million people. Um, I think we hit we, we probably hit that number a couple of years ago. So now I added a, I added a zero to it <laughs> I love um, that. a while back. So now it's 100 million people. I now, love that. But, but you know, sometimes you look at um, original mission statements and you and you have to you don't have to do anything, but you think you think about um, what sort of pivot might be appropriate or what ways in which you originally envisioned the mission getting executed, and now new opportunities arise and new methods arise. So I originally thought, well, I will change the lives of 10 million people by Mm -hmm. writing this blog, by doing podcasts, by publishing books, Mm -hmm. and by putting information out there and doing seminars. And I did did three-day events. I did a lot of these different things. And they were all educational, and they all really did help people understand um, how their bodies work and allowed them to regain health. Yeah. But about four years ago, when I realized maybe I'd hit, um, not an impasse, but I'd been sort of tunnel vision on this one idea, this one method that I'd had of that's how I'm going to accomplish my mission. Yeah. And then it occurred to me that, wait a minute, I could be, I could be making healthy food products that people could buy whether they never heard of me or never read Primal Blueprint or never mm-hmm. heard of Paleo. They would still pick my product off off the shelf and go, oh wow, clean and green. That was me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a it's a perfect example. It's so funny that um, you know we we met and then later on you said, oh my god, I have your products in my house. I know right? so- it was so crazy. I had no idea you were behind so many different things that I loved. And uh, when I came home, I saw the call the gin protein, and I was like, "No way!" And it was just it was it was absolutely phenomenal. How I wasn't even familiar with everything that you had done yet. I had already been using so many of your food products and protein and protein bars, and I just it was it was an awesome awesome experience to know that you have created this ripple effect in so many different people's lives. 
Yeah, so that's that's a method by which, you know, by, my, my just allowing a new opportunity to come in, to be open to the possibilities, mm-hmm. as they say, and to pivot a little bit and start getting into food. Um, I, I Now we have 25 products. We're in 9,000 stores. Wow. Our products are in different aisles. So somebody might see our organic unsweetened ketchup in one aisle, yeah. pick it up, buy it, and then the next time they're they're you know over in the salad dressing aisle. They see one of our salad dressings, uh, and then they might start to investigate. Like, okay, what is it about this company that's unique? Oh my God, they're a they're a zero sugar, healthy fat company. What is that about? And the next thing you know, I've brought in a bunch of new people who I'm educating one way or another, either by having purchased product or getting them to to you know go to the website and find out more about the product. Um, or buying the product from Thrive Market, or mm-hmm. whatever. It's there's all these new avenues that arise simply because um, I realized that I was I, I kind of hit an impasse in my original mission statement. Yeah. And I was open to the possibilities of other ways of doing it. I love that. I love that. And you said. Um, about you mentioned the word unique and you are such a humble person and I want to give you the opportunity to not focus on being humble but really what is the biggest thing that makes you unique there there's so many great things I think that have allowed you to be able to get this point in your life but if you had to pinpoint one single thing that was able to set you apart from all the people that are ambitiously trying to grow a multi-million dollar business what is that one thing that you've been able to cultivate that has attributed to your success well I'd say um, it's it's always um, having a purpose. So I wake up mm. every morning knowing what I need to do. Wow. And the, the flip side of that is um, I also, every morning, at this point in my life, I say to myself, you know, um, I've had a great life. I've done a lot of things. Um, yeah. I've had some amazing successes. If I decided to stop today, it would be okay. Yeah. Right? And then I go, Nah, <laughs> and then I just keep going. I mean, it's literally so. It's it's um, it's a little exercise of choosing every day. Yeah, like today I choose to go do it again. Yes, well, I love that. And you you said purpose, and that resides with me. And the number one thing that I find that keeps me going and having this fire and this unstoppable momentum is focusing on my goals. And so. That would be the one thing that I would attribute anything that I've been able to create in my life is being so tunnel vision focused and ambitious towards my goals. Would you say that being goal orientated and purpose driven are similar or do you think they're different or what's your take on that? Well, my take on that is that um, goals are great and, mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of goals, um, but I tell my kids I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up until I was 47. Yeah. So I had a lot of goals that took me here and took me there, and I haven't always been in health, you know, in fitness. Although I've, I shouldn't say that. I've always been in health and fitness. I've always been interested, and that's always been my passion. Yeah. But I had other business pursuits along the way. So when I had other business pursuits, health and fitness was still my number one hobby, mm-hmm. shall we say. But I always wanted. I always sort of wanted. So I got up every morning with a purpose, yeah. and the purpose wasn't so much. Um, you know, a uh, a passion. Like I, I joke about passion. Like if if we f- if we all followed our passion, we would mm-hmm. all own an ice cream store. Yes. Because if you know, when you're 12 years old, your passion is I want to go. Yeah, I'd love to have an ice cream store one day. Mm-hmm. And but that's your passion sort of changes. And I think what happens is mm. ultimately we don't necessarily. It's not as instructive to pursue passion as to allow passion to find us. Interesting. So it's having purpose and getting up and having, you know, and having goals and, and knowing what you want to do. So for me, purpose is just getting up with a goal for that day. Yeah. I have huge, huge long-term goals, but the purpose is getting up that day and having a reason to get out of bed. Um, and then having done that for so many years and so many decades, then I find that passion now finds me. Now, yes, I'm passionate, mm, about, interesting. I'm passionate about helping other people. I didn't necessarily set out to, you know, um, in, in, in building this, uh, this empire, as you, as you call it. Uh, um, I just, you know, I wanted to help other people, and that was sort of yes. my purpose. 
And then the passion comes to me because now, after having done it for so long, you know, I'll walk through an airport and I'll have people come up and hug me and start and, and you know, thank me for yes. saving their life. That's that's incredibly powerful psychic income. That's wow. the kind of stuff money does not buy. Right? So yeah. so you know, passion, purpose, goals. Um, I don't want to get too I don't like to get too focused on on you know, how critical each one is in building this life. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, purpose is getting up, is, is really, you know, why you get up in the morning. Passion finds you after you've done something mm-hmm. enough that you it resonates with you. Uh, and, and passion can change over time, just like it does in relationships sometimes. Um, and, uh, and goals can shift, and you can pivot all the time with goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, and I am where I am today because I took so many twists and turns, and you know, I, I had to quit. My my original passion was running, and yeah. and my purpose was to get up and train every day. Well, that that was taken away from me. Well, I didn't just sit around and mope. I said, "What's the next thing?" Right. Yeah. So I pivoted to the next thing, and mm-hmm. and then I did had a couple of massive failures, and mm-hmm. I learned more from the failures than you know than I would have learned from the successes. Yes. All all those things just become important and it takes us right back to where we started this conversation which is who are you you know and how much inner work have you done and can you can you are you resilient you know can you not only stand the day-to-day rejection or the or the uh you know or the or can you you know managing the pain or managing the discomfort but over the long haul are you able to to you know to um to stay focused and, and keep it together. I love that. Oh, there's so many questions I want to ask you. You are such a depth of knowledge. And so one of the things that we were talking about, which really inspired me, was when you were talking about how you've pivoted in life. And that, I think, is such a fundamental crucial, important aspect to my life and everybody who is listening to this podcast's life is that ability to be resilient and pivot. And I just think that so many people are just so stuck in their ways and they just, they they see this future and they see this relationship and this has to be the end uh, all be all and this job like has to work and this, and they're just so stuck in their ways. And then when things don't work out, they get stressed and anxiety and it's just chaos. You know, it um, it happens a lot in relationships mm-hmm. where, you know, um, you think, oh, my God, this is the one, you know, and you put everything into the relationship. And then sometimes it doesn't work out. Now, do you just is that the end of your life? Was that really the one? And that's all there is. And now it's over. And now you're just going to feel sorry for yourself yeah. for the rest of life. No, you pivot. You know, and I, I know, you know, a lot of people who've had um, horrendously failed relationships who went on to have better relationships. Yes, of course. Um, so what are you going to ask for a do-over? Like, I'd rather go back to the original one that I thought was the only one and it failed. And no, you, you just, you, you know, you move on. So this resiliency, this ability to pivot is critical. And it's, it's more than anything, there's a Zen saying about not having an attachment to the outcome. Yes. So you can have a goal and goals are great, but as long as you're not attached to the outcome, you then have that ability to pivot if things don't go the way you thought they would go. Love that. Um, And that's exactly what I was talking about is people are so attached to the specific outcome. And one of the reasons why I believe you've been so wildly successful is because you have this resiliency. You have this ability to pivot in your life where you can wake up one morning and be like, you know what? This business idea is great and it's working. And I want to try something else. Or this business idea isn't seeing as great success as I would like it to, so I'm going to try something new. So how do people in their life that are dealing with chaos or challenges or something that is not going according to plan and they're so attached to this outcome, how would you get them to pivot much easier to be able to do something different in their business? Well, you know... um if you don't have a coach, if you have a coach, then you've got, mm-hmm. you know, an independent third party yes. who is able to talk you down, ask the right questions, yeah. um, you know, help you understand, you know, where you, where you need to go. In the absence of a coach, um, it's, it, it's, it's quieting the mind. It's being open. It's mm. being open to new ideas, new possibilities. The worst thing that can happen 
and happens very often is you panic, you get frantic, yes. you get you know you get caught up in your head in your thoughts about um, mm -hmm. again um, people spend so much time rehashing the past. Yes. Like oh my God, I wish I didn't do that. Oh geez, I wish I hadn't said that. Oh, I'm still embarrassed about that. That happened like six months ago, and I'm still mm -hmm. embarrassed about that. There's nothing you can do about it. Yes. Right? There's let go. So let go of that, and and you know, be in the present moment. By the same token, uh, there are a lot of people who will project into the future, oh, Jesus, this is what's going to happen. I can see it right mm -hmm. now. It's terrible. It's No, it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, it might, it might happen and it might not happen, but until it happens, you're missing the now. Yes. You're missing this point right now. And at the end of the day, Brittany, the only reason we do any of the things we do is to experience joy, fulfillment, contentment, and pleasure. Wow. Right? We don't, I'm not, um, gonna sacrifice 20 years of my life so that one day I might be happy. I want to be as happy as, I, as possible in every possible moment. So I want, we have a saying at, at uh, the tagline of my company is live awesome. I so love pri that. Primal blueprint, live awesome. And um, I trademarked that, by the way. That's amazing. Um, and, um, and the idea is to extract the greatest amount of pleasure, contentment, fulfillment, in enjoyment, satisfaction out I of every that. possible moment. And that includes ev enjoying every bite of food you eat, enjoying the workouts that you do, not just managing pain. Yes. Um, it, in it, it means enjoying uh, your partner in the relationship more often and, and, and more you know, fully in real time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, it, 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 it's enjoying your employees. If you have employees yes. and you know, understanding a little bit more about them and, and recognizing that um, you know they're people too and they have lives and you're part of that and you're part of that uh, you know their their success so you should be cognizant of that and 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 participate in that in real time and mm -hmm. enjoy the fact that you have and appreciate the fact you have employees if you have employees so it's really about so all these things have to do more with how can I get out of my head mm -hmm. regretting the past or predicting a, a, a bad future and just be right here, right now. Yes, I love that. I love, love, love that. Letting go, not allowing fear to cripple you, living in the now and focusing on living a life full of fulfillment and joy, enjoyment and pleasure. And one of the things that has really striked me is your mindset. So what does your mind look like? Like if somebody were to peel away all the different layers of all the things that you've been able to create in your life, what is your mindset at the core? Like how do you think? Like what what are your thought processes like that you have been able to think about and the things that you've been able to do have boiled down to how you think. So what what does that look like? Like describe wow. your your mind and and how it works. It's it's brilliant. Well, thanks. But no one no interviewer has ever asked that question that way. I mean, there's a lot of monkey chatter going on in my brain. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a lot of chatter. Um, cuz it's always full of ideas, it's always recognizing potential and possibilities. So, I think one of my one of my strategies, because there's so much going on, and I'm and I and I try to be, a, like I read a lot, so I read two two newspapers every day, and I try to stay up on um, world you know world news and politics and yeah. finance. Um, so I feel like I can I can have a conversation with just about anybody uh, regarding just about anything. And and not okay. and not make a fool of myself, right? I feel yeah. pretty knowledgeable about certain things, so I can I can go into a room full of people and have a conversation and enjoy it and and learn from it and participate. Um, so I have I have a lot of this um, not just chatter going on in my in my mind, but a lot of like planning and and thinking about possibilities. So my biggest strategy is saying no. Wow. Okay. I have, I'm, 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 I have, I'm exposed to so many new ideas and, you know, I'm an angel investor. So I have, I'm in like 12 angel investments right now. And wow. I, again, I have to, I look at a lot of deals. And so mm -hmm. it's so easy to go, oh, that's so cool. I want yeah. to invest in that. I want to invest in that. But it's this, you know, it's, so it's, it's having to kind of pull back a little bit, quiet the mind down um, 
and 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 let um, let the thought come in on its own without being influenced from around. And uh, there's a my wife does a lot of work in this um, uh, area of um, I. I hesitate to use the word spiritual psychology but it's called the three principles and it's about how the mind is really creating your your well-being yes. and you can and we're sort of born with innate well-being and all we do is screw it up with all these images and uh that we make of of the world and yeah. and uh how we take things personally and how we ruminate on the past and dwell on you know agonize about the future and all this stuff so so the the belief there is that and it's very zen-like is that if you can quiet the mind down and just create space, yes. then you know the answer will come to you. The solution will arise um, spontaneously because it's there if you just let it be there and don't overwhelm it with all of the analyses and equations and um, you know all of the the the, the wavering and all of the disclaimers and all the things that we tend to do to ourselves to make decision-making that much more difficult. I don't yes. know if that explains No, it totally does. It totally does. And one of the biggest things I've noticed after being obsessed with neuropsychology and studying people's minds is the biggest things that hold people back. And one of them is overthinking along with fears, excuses, and insecurities. And I just love how you touched on that because so many people overthink things into not taking action. And so many people overthink things into thinking that they need to be perfect. They're just not moving forward. They're not doing what they need to do. And I just love how you talked about mindfulness and to follow your intuition by trusting yourself. And I really believe that boils down to confidence. And it's so apparent that you're so confident in who you are. So how did you build that confidence in yourself to be able to trust yourself when you are in the position of a challenging decision to be able to move forward? So that's really interesting because, again, all this stuff comes back to um, the playground that is life. Yes. So life is a playground. And if you're willing to play, if you get involved in the game, then you can't help but create um, learned, you know, experience, um, you know, learned behaviors, but also develop confidence. But if you stand on the sideline and wait until you're perfect or wait until you've you finally, you know, the last piece of the puzzle falls into place, then A, you'll never play, and B, you won't develop that confidence. So confidence comes from participating and failing, but understanding and learning and, and doing it again, uh, and doing it again and again and again. You know, um, I, I talk to entrepreneurs a lot, and um, I was at an event two weekends ago, um, and one of the things I said is, you know, you can have a lifetime of failures. Yes. It only takes one successful venture to make an entire 30, 40 years of failures worth it all. Oh, my gosh. That gave me goosebumps. That's so true. I mean, you know, your your boy Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it said you miss 100% of the shots you yes. don't take. Right. Um, but he also, you know, if you're if you're an American, uh, you know, uh, playing baseball, um, if you hit three out of every ten times you're at bat, you are a very highly yes. paid, successful, you know, sort of uh, athlete. Mm-hmm. So this idea that um, everything has to succeed is is bullshit because yes. we only learn from our failures. Um, we actually don't learn that much from our success because we didn't see where the where the weak links were. Wow. And one of the one of the things that happens there's there are, there's a generation of young entrepreneurs who who've been in tech, for instance, and who had a great idea out of the blocks, started a company, you know, raised millions of dollars, sold their company at the age of 24, 25, mm-hmm. made, you know, 40, 50, 100 million dollars. Now what? You know, yeah. now if that's great, that's one success. But then uh, some of these people are miserable because they go on yeah. and they don't have any, they, you know, now their their expectations are so high from their first venture being, you know, a good venture. But it, it can it can throw you off. So it's 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 like the trajectory of of having, you know, I had a lot of successes when I was younger. But I made money, lost money, made money, lost money. You know, it's like that was part of life. 
The main yeah. thing was, the main thing was, I never went deeply into debt, so I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I didn't owe money. Um, I paid the bills, and I had a good life. I had a good time. I enjoyed yeah. my life. I love and so, that. you know, if you if you're a young person making thirty five thousand dollars a year, or one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars a year, probably doesn't matter. You're probably not going to save much. You you know, you're just you're going to live your life, and you're going to have fun with your friends, and you're going to do what you do. But one day, maybe you'll make a million or two or mm -hmm. seventeen, you know, a year. But until then, experience life, learn from everything, learn from the failures, uh, celebrate the successes. Yes. Um, but you know, more than anything, just be. Live your life. Be in the moment. Be you know. Be here now and 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 extract the greatest amount of pleasure, contentment, fulfillment, and enjoyment from every possible moment. I love that. And you talked about failing and how important it is to learn lessons from that failure. And I know that with me personally, and we chatted about this, the best times of my entire life were when I was at my rock bottom and when I was going through the biggest battles and challenges in my life because that's when I grew. And I am the biggest advocate of really knowing and practicing that you can only grow when you're uncomfortable. You're not growing when you're reaching these massive successes. You're, you're having a great time, but that's usually not when you're changing and evolving as a person. It's usually when you're going through those struggles that you have to pivot and have to be resilient to really bring yourself back. And so I love how you talk about in order to be successful, you have to fail because so many people see you and they just, they, they, I think some assume that you just ended up here and they don't see all the struggles and they don't see all the late nights and the challenges and the right. hardships that you had to go to get to where you are now. And yeah. I just love. So, well, you don't, you don't have to fail, Brittany. I mean, if you're somebody who's successful, you don't have to fail. But the point is, if you do fail, embrace it. Yes. You know, if you do have these failures, learn from them. Uh, embrace them, and I'm not suggesting that life has to be all about failure until it's not. Of course, no, you can have some successes, and and you know, every day is full of little successes and little failures. Exactly. So, um, you know, it's not like it's not like this is all about one big massive mountain that we're climbing that we may or may mm -hmm. not get to. This is about about you know micro failures and micro successes building upon each other to the point where you. You know, ultimately, if you want to build a career and, and, and get a successful one, like I say, it just the point is it only takes one successful venture to make yes. an entire lifetime of if you had failures, you know, worth doing. I mean, Thomas Edison famously said mm -hmm. he never looked at at his discovering uh, the light bulb as having failed 10,000 times before yeah. he got it right. He just said, you know, there were 10,000 um, learning experiences until he finally got the one that worked. Exactly. And, and I a thousand percent agree with you. It's just keep on growing, keep on learning. And one of the biggest takeaways that I got from that is that taking action component. And I find that is one of the most challenging things for people is they're really great at intaking information, but the most challenging part is then being able to act and take action on that information. So what would be the biggest thing that you would say to help people create that momentum and take action towards doing what they know that they need to do? Yeah, so that's as simple as making a choice. That's just a, that's mm. just a choice. Life is about choices. And we can choose you know, to eat right or to not, not eat right. We can choose to exercise or not exercise. We can choose to play or not play. We can choose to get in the game or not get in the game. So it's really about uh, it's simply about making choices and then and then and then getting in the game and playing. I love um, that. It's, it's it's not more complicated than that. It's just it seems that people are um, like I'll give you an example. So we had in our coaching program um, mm -hmm. every year we have uh, because it's a it's an online coaching experience and you get certified online. It's a self paced course. We've had several thousand people go through the course. So every mm -hmm. year, we have a couple of what we call master classes. So you, yeah. you, we just had one in Miami like a month ago. People fly in from around the world, and they spend three days with, with Christine Hassler, who's our coach's coach, She's myself. She's wonderful. Yeah, and a couple of other, um, and, and two other uh, employees of mine. And we, we help them uh, hone their, their coaching skills. We help, help them uh, work on their business building 
um, they're basically their business plans. While they come here, it's really about business building. Uh, and we had a woman uh, a couple of sessions ago, and you know, she was very excited about all she'd learned, and she just got her certification, and she was 65. And and uh, you know, and I asked her, well, you know, so what? What's your demographic? She said, well, I want to help. I want to help women my age uh, lose weight and um, you know get off their meds. And I said, that's great. Well, when are you going to start? She said, well, I. She said, well, I, I feel like I have 10 pounds more to lose before I can put myself out there. I'm like, woman, this is exactly what's everyone's problem. So you you are the perfect example of you guys. You just got to go do it. You just got to get in there, and and start participating and start playing and find some clients and don't apologize that that you're not there yet because what is there typically well they say i gotta lose 10 more pounds you lose the 10 pounds well i'm not there yet i got five more to go now or something else happens you know we talk about um don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good yeah and um and so that's but that was a great example of someone who's who was so ready she was trained she'd gotten the certification Mm -hmm. She knew what she was doing, but she felt like she didn't look the part yet. And it, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's a lot of great football coaches who never played football. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, basketball coaches who didn't play high-level basketball. I mean, it's, it doesn't require that you, you know, uh, we have a saying. We have a lot of sayings here, Brittany. But another saying is we we teach what we want to learn, yes. right? And I think that's never more true than it is for coaches. Mm-hmm. The fact that wow, coaches are always they're always taking other training programs like your coaches and my coaches would be good shift you know taking our our separate program yes. like your coaches take mine because my coaches need to learn how to build businesses mm-hmm. and your coaches as part of their business coaching strategy probably want to assist CEOs in getting healthy I love that. and having having more energy so it's not like they're diametrically opposed or like they're competitive most coaches want to want to get as much information mm-hmm. as they can so that they can assist their clients in succeeding. I love that. And I want to talk to you about that masterclass. I just have one final question. And I think you really hit the nail on the head is, and one of my favorite quotes is, stop stopping yourself. So many people overcomplicate things and overthink things into standing still and they're not pushing themselves forward, they're not doing the things that they need to do to create that success and impact that they dream about in their life. And I love that you just talk about getting in the game and just making that choice and pushing forward. What do you think is the biggest fear that holds people back that keeps them in the same spot and keeps them in their comfort zone? That's the fear no. It's the fear of rejection, I think. So most, most business today is about, um, you know, it's, it's getting acknowledgement from somebody else, whether it's an idea that you have because you're in the tech department or whether it's, um, you know, rejection because you try, you went on a sales call and you spent all that time and money making the call and, and then the potential buyer said, no, I'm, we're not interested. Um, and then the assumption that, well, it must be me. They're not interested in mm-hmm. me. You know, all that stuff, it's about, it, it, it's, that's what holds us back, and so that's the that's the biggest fear that I think we have is the fear of, of, of getting a no or a rejection or being judged. Yeah. Uh, the fear of being judged uh, because because whatever the outcome was, because it, ne- it didn't always fit our idea of what it was supposed to be, we then take it personally. Yeah. So, it's you know th- that's human nature, but it's also something that with time and practice and getting in the game. Uh, you can overcome. Yeah. Have you overcome it? Eventually. I mean, I, no. The answer is not yet, mm-hmm. um, but I'm working my way toward it. And I'm yeah. serious when I say that, that I don't think there's anybody who has mm-hmm. overcome um, the the little voice in the head that says, that says, oh, you shouldn't do that because you'll be judged. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, that was your fault, but you got to know. Um, mm-hmm. I think you get closer to, um, yes. to peace, to, to being yes. at peace with it, right? Yes. Which is all we can ask. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody's got this life dialed in. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's got their issues. Everybody's got their little pains and th- things that run their life. And and the fact that, you know, um, to me, my issues are much more serious than your issues. 
Britney. I'm just going to let you know, right? No, everybody thinks that, right? I mean, yeah. everybody's got their issues, and that's what runs their life. So yeah. um, the, the more you can work on yourself, the more you can put yourself out there and get in the game. And I think that's the theme of today's. I'm going to make that the theme of today's yes. podcast is get in the game. I love that. That is the title, get in the game. I yeah. love that. And, and and that's so true, and that really um, humanizes the, the topic that we're, we're speaking about. And I completely agree with you. I think that everybody's human, and even though we're in, in coaching and we're in this position of being able to really do the inner work so that those challenges don't affect us as greatly, I think that everybody understands that nobody's perfect and everybody has their own battles and what we are able to do is just to work on ourselves so the battles that really affect people just affect us less and we continue to hedge forward and we continue to work on ourselves and hire coaches and help inspire people and I just absolutely love what you're doing in the world and all the people that you are able to change lift up and be able to help them pivot and become resilient through their own challenges struggles in health and fitness and business and everything so tell us about this masterclass like if if somebody is listening to this and they want to start coaching or they're interested in it what would be the benefits that they would get from engaging in your coaching institution and everything that you have going on there well so i've, I've built this brand the primal blueprint and so a primal health coach certification means you've been certified oh, to teach awesome. people in the in the manner in which uh, you know the primal blueprint has been exemplified throughout the world in the last ten years, mm-hmm. so it's an it's a it's a certification. Um, you get to use you know the logo in your marketing and and wow. uh, and we provide a lot of um, I, like I wrote a book called the twenty one day total body transformation that a lot of our coaches use as a guidebook with their clients. So there's there's a lot of material that now that's the original book that's the primal blueprint right yes but. Um, uh, 21 Day is a little bit is a smaller book, but it, and it's inexpensive, and coaches can can buy it through us and then give it to their clients. We have a lot of opportunity for people to um, to make a great living, either coaching individuals or doing corporate wellness programs. Wow. Um, some some are, pe- are people are involved in, in school lunch programs. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a periodontist who's completely changed his practice around because most of what he does now isn't about. Um, fixing gums as much as it's changing the diet so the gums never get diseased in the first place. It's it's crazy how how we have chiropractors and physicians and physician assistants and a lot of trainers who take the course and they, like trainers who take the course who normally are counting reps, you know, you're in the gym and here's the weight that you're going to use today. Mm-hmm. But now in between they can talk about here's how we ought to look at your eating strategy and here's how you can train your body to burn fat mm-hmm. instead of putting on putting on fat. Yeah. So all those things um, that those the benefits are that you could you could at the very least get an incredible education that will be with you for the rest of your life so that you can get control of your own health. But more almost not more importantly, but as important would be get it, get control of your family's health yes. if that's what you want to do. And then if you want to create a business out of it, we have thousands of people who are making uh, a very good living coaching other people. I love that. Do you have one specific success story that comes to mind of somebody who isn't even in this space but has thought about coaching? I meet so many people and so many of my clients go through my coaching programs and are so inspired through it all that they want to start coaching. And I believe that coaching is just absolutely blowing up in this day of age because it is so crucial. It is so impactful. It's so inspiring. And it's so crucial crucial for every single person to have a coach, Michael Jackson, Oprah, um, Michael Jordan, and so many other people that are the best of their game are hiring coaches in the industry that are helping push them, helping them see blocks that they were unconscious of. There's so many different benefits to coaching to be able to step your life up to the next level. I believe that it's so popular and so many people are wanting to get into coaching, but they have no idea where to start. They've never done anything. So do you have any specific success stories? that you can think of of somebody who is not even in this realm that took your coaching program that was able to monetize it, make a massive impact, and help change people's lives. Yeah, I mean, we've got businessmen. Um, I mean, we have a lot of women in the coaching program. It's probably 55% women, 45% men. Wow. But we've had several businessmen who left 
really well-paying jobs. Um, but when they when they bought the original book, the Primal Blueprint that you're holding right there, and and then engaged in this lifestyle change and lost fifty pounds or lost you know, 75 pounds and realized that they hated the corporate rat race, mm. um, just said, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to do a complete life change. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I've been so transformed by what I've learned from this program. I want others to get that same, that same benefit and that same experience. And so we've had a lot of people literally, they don't always, they don't leave their job, but like when they come to masterclass, you're asking for examples, mm-hmm. um, the last class, we probably had four businessmen who were re- almost ready to leave their job, but they just yeah. they weren't ready to take the next step. They had you know a, a, a wife and some kids or something to feed, so they had that was they didn't want to make the the inappropriate step, uh, but they were they were transitioning to the point where uh, once they got their business built to where they had seven or eight clients, they could then transition and and leave the old rat race behind and now yes. get on this. Uh, amazing journey of helping people. Yes, and to have more happiness, fulfillment, joy, and excitement. I absolutely love that principle. Thank you so much, Mark. I know that people are going to get as much benefit as I have from this. It's so inspiring and educational at the same time. I just love how you balance business and health two very fundamental aspects of life that don't have to be separate. They can go hand in hand. So thank you for merging those two worlds. Absolutely love it. Do you have any final words to the audience and anything else you'd like to say? Um, yeah, so if you want to find out more about what I do, uh, MarksDailyApple.com yes. is my blog. Um, PrimalKitchen.com is where you can find out about our food products. And, um, and I guess the final word is get in the game. I love it. Thank you so much, Mark. Guys, add him on Instagram. What's your Instagram, Mark? Uh, Mark Sisson Primal. Awesome. And your company Instagram? Uh, You have a couple of them. Yeah, Primal Kitchen Foods. Primal Kitchen. And what about your coaching one? Uh, Primal Health Coach. I love that. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. It has been an absolute pleasure. Stay tuned, and we will keep you updated on our next podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed your daily dose of vitamin B. Now, if you are a real action taker who can benefit from high performance coaching, I have something just for you. A customized, high impact, result-based coaching program helping you hit your goals as quickly and effectively as possible. Now, here's the deal. This personalized coaching program is for top performers and spots are very limited. But if you're listening to this podcast, it means there still might be a few spots available. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up Instagram, find me at Brittany Michaelchuk. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-M-I-C-H-A-L-C-H-U-K. Send me a direct message with why you feel you would be a great candidate for my peak performance coaching program. Because together with you, I want to help eliminate negative thought patterns, establish a stronger foundation in critical areas of your life, maximize your strengths, and start achieving record-breaking results. Nothing brings me more joy than teaching you how to control your mind, optimize your performance, and get better results in every area of your life. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay tuned for your daily dose of vitamin B.